from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. This is how Jesus encountered the Father, and this is our goal. As we are in St. Mary's podcast retreat, Taking Back the Crown, welcome. I'm Father Brian McMaster, pastor of St. Mary's Catholic Center at Texas A&M University, and we are on day four of our 30-day Ignatian retreat. So far, you've learned about St. Ignatius of Loyola and some of the methods he teaches us to enter into prayer by considering the Father's loving gaze and also speaking a desire, asking for a grace. We heard about his principle and foundation. And today, we're going to enter into more of the dynamics of prayer. Our goal is that we can Go into that deserted place with Jesus. And that's what this time is all about, right? We want to be able to give him this time and we want to be where he is with the father and we want to stay there. And that means allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts and to teach us how to pray. For as St. Paul says, we do not know how to pray as we ought. And so that's the goal for today. We're going to be taking up prayer, and I'm going to teach you a particular prayer method, and the goal of this is to get us praying more relationally so that we are disciples in relationship with Jesus, just like the apostles were 2,000 years ago. We can have an active, real, live relationship that is transformative with Jesus. And we are also desiring our prayer to be more contemplative, and I'll explain what that means as we go on. As always, I'll also, at the end of the episode, give us a prayer exercise. Our commitments during this retreat are to listen to the podcast and then also to take some time for ourselves in prayer, whether that is 15 minutes or whether that can be a full hour. Whatever you are capable and willing to do, remember that the Lord is never outdone in generosity. So thanks for tuning in again to this podcast that Jesus the King may be glorified. All right, well, let's talk about prayer. You know, uh, if, if we're to really honestly answer for ourselves, okay, well, what is it that gets us to pray? Probably a lot of times it's when we need something, right? Or probably more accurate to say when we want something. That's what gets us to pray. You know, oh, Lord, I need this. I, I need this to be fixed. And, and a lot of times we might forget some of those other important times to pray, whether it's to give thanks, to praise God, to ask for forgiveness. All of these are part of prayer. And yet notice that uh, a lot of times it's when we want something. As we mature in prayer, the Lord even wants to use all of those desires that we've got to hone us in and to bring us to the ultimate need. The fulfillment of all desire is God himself. And what God is desiring prayer to be for us is not so much about wants as it is about giving himself to us. Let me read for you some definitions of prayer that help us move this direction as we want to grow our prayer lives to be more about just speaking prayers or saying prayers and more about being one in prayer because I'm in relationship with God. This definition here is from St. Therese of Lisieux. She says, For me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. 
It is a cry of recognition and of love embracing both trial and joy. Here is a, an example here, a definition from St. John Vianney. Prayer is nothing else but union with God. When one has a heart that is pure and united with God, he is given a kind of serenity and sweetness that makes him ecstatic, a light that surrounds him with marvelous brightness. In this intimate union, God and the soul are fused together like two bits of wax that no one can ever pull apart. This union of God with a tiny creature is a lovely thing. It is happiness beyond understanding. Whoa. Raise your hand if that's the way you pray. <laughs> I don't know about you. I feel like I'm pretty far away from fully realizing that. And yet that's the invitation. The invitation of God is, I want to surpass your expectations. I want to be able to draw you into a deeper prayer life to be able to experience a happiness beyond understanding. Here's my favorite definition of prayer from St. Teresa of Avila. She's a contemporary of St. Ignatius. She lived in the same time period. She says, For mental prayer or contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than an intimate sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. Wow. So think a moment about how you are with your friends, how natural you are, and how you are willing to be able to share with a real true friend the deepest deepest secrets of your heart and of your life. They are able to understand you. Uh, you let them in and, and you want to be able to share with them. And sometimes it's a sharing that is even beyond words of just being together in presence with one another. And this is the invitation that we might experience this with him who we know loves us. How important that line is, right? When we go to prayer, you know, if we feel like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? Um, am I going to say this eloquently or correctly enough so that God will listen to me? Well, no. We have to go with attitudes in which we are going to the one who we know loves us. This is the invitation that the Lord wants to draw us to in deeper prayer. Let me give you another reflection from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's paragraph number 2,560, you know, the whole last part of the catechism is about prayer. It's very beautiful. I invite you, if you haven't read that, uh, just to take some time to go to this, the last part of the catechism. Here's what it says. Prayer, or if you knew the gift of God, here the catechism is referring to the episode in John chapter four of the Jesus meeting the woman at the well. If you knew the gift of God, the wonder of prayer is revealed beside the well where we come seeking water. There, Christ comes to meet every human being. It is he who first seeks us and asks us for a drink. Jesus thirsts. His asking arises from the depths of God's desire for us. Whether we realize it or not, prayer is the encounter of God's thirst with ours. God thirsts that we may thirst for him. That's a very beautiful paragraph to, to consider from God's perspective. He's thirsting for us, and he thirsts that we might thirst for him. There is something way beyond perhaps what we've initially gone to God for. 
that he wants to give us. He desires so much more for us. This is an opportunity for us to begin to think about prayer as receiving. Here's another great example of, or definition of prayer. This is by a priest named Father uh, Herbert Alfonso. He says, Prayer is opening my heart so that God may give God's self to me. Now, think how grand that is, right? Prayer is opening my heart. That's what I'm doing. So that God may give God's very self to me. This implies that we receive during prayer. You know, a lot of times when we, you hear a prayer talk, you hear people talk about um, all the different things you can do. You uh, praise God, you thank God, you ask for things, you're sorry for your prayers, uh, sorry for your sins. And, uh, and then somebody will inevitably say in a prayer talk, and make sure you listen. And everybody nods their heads. Well, of course, it's a conversation. We are supposed to listen to God in prayer. And we are, we are. But what, what does that mean? What does that mean? You know, a lot of times then we go to prayer right after that talk and we're like, you know, a lot of effort there to listen. And we're like, is that God or is that me? You know, I, I don't know. And yet when God speaks to us, you know, he can speak directly to us. This is God. You know, he, he can do that, but it's rare, very rare. And the saints will even tell you, don't, don't desire that, you know, but rather God wants to do something even greater. He doesn't want us not just to listen, but he wants us to receive. So in a way, this listening is with theological faculties of faith, hope, and love. And it's similar to like when we talk about seeing, like as an analogy of faith, right? Uh, Or taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Okay, well, you're not actually experiencing in prayer something on your tongue or something directly in front of you that you're seeing taste and see the goodness of the Lord. So when we talk about listening in prayer, it's also about receiving more deeply into your heart. Think about Mary and what she heard, what she received at the Annunciation. She heard, hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And that's quite a lot to hear. And yet what she received was so much more, the living God within her. And this is how God also desires to be able to give his self to us as well. And so whether we call it listening in prayer or tasting and seeing, the idea is more and more to move in our prayer to a receiving disposition. St. Teresa of Avila gives a great sense of this growth in our prayer. You know, like uh, she uses the analogy of going to a well, that when we are new or young in our prayer lives and our relationship with God, that it's kind of like going to a well with our bucket to lower the bucket and do a lot of work to pull the bucket up with a little bit of water. It's hit the sides of the well on the way up. And then I take the bucket and I pour the water into my garden to water my life, you know, the virtues of my life. And this takes a lot of work. I'm doing all the work. So when I'm new to prayer, I'm attentive to saying my prayers. I'm attentive to, did I get it right or not? You know, I might be praying the rosary and I'm like, did I pray like nine Hail Marys or 10? You know, do I have to go back and start over, right? It's, it's a lot of concentration, maybe even on myself and what I'm doing. But then she says, you know, as we develop in our prayer lives, it's like going to the well. Now there's like a, uh, a pump that's there. You know, you pump it into a few times and then the water flows out naturally. You know, I've done a little bit of work, but now it's kind of coming out by itself, right? 
And then there's another level that has like an aqueduct from the well to our garden. It's like we've done a lot of work or God's done a lot of work in us through our, uh, our, our penances in our life, our repentance. And there is now this trough, this aqueduct that carries the water directly to us. Ultimately, prayer is like being a tree planted beside a, a running river, a running stream, or like rain falling on the garden. Notice that in each of these progressions, we end up doing less and God is doing more. That our growth in spiritual maturity in prayer is in this movement towards greater contemplation. There's a distinction here to be made between meditation and contemplation. When we meditate, we're using our intellectual faculties to be able to consider certain things to think about certain things, to imagine certain things. And yet when we hit the point of prayer where it is receiving from God and its gift, the love of God for me, that this begins to be contemplation, that we begin to receive God's presence that he desires to give to us. As we continue through this retreat, we're going to be showing you ways and teaching you ways of entering into an acquired contemplation that is following a few methods, principally taught by St. Ignatius, to then avail ourselves to this deep receiving of God's very self, this love that is beyond all of our imagining, and to open ourselves to contemplation. Okay, well, I want to teach you today. The prayer lesson is one that I learned from the Institute of Priestly Formation. This is an, an institute that uh, forms seminarians in the spiritual life, uh, those that are going to become diocesan priests, and gives them like a little summer experience of an infusion into the spiritual life and teachings on prayer. They do, at the beginning of that retreat, an eight-day silent Ignatian retreat. And then they will teach this one particular method of prayer. This is one of the best methods. Because if you've ever kind of wondered, you know, how is it that I go as myself to God? This, this method is going to teach you that, right? You know, just a word about methods. You know, methods are imperfect. They, they, they're meant to instruct us, to kind of help us to understand the dynamics. So, uh, but at the same time, we got to be free in them to receive and uh, to be able to trust and to, to let the Lord work by grace in our hearts. But here's the method. It is called the A-R-R-R prayer. If you want to have fun with it, you could put all that together. R, it's the pirate's prayer, don't you see? That's, that's uh, what it can be nicknamed, right? Okay, well, what does the uh, A-R-R-R stand for? Write this down. Memorize it. Acknowledge, relate, Receive, respond. Acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. I'm going to go into each of these, and this is the invitation to enter into relational prayer with God to dispose oneself to receiving Him in contemplation. Acknowledge means that I am attentive and acknowledging in myself that which is going on in my heart. So I acknowledge my thoughts my feelings, my desires, 
even how my body is feeling. You know, a lot of times, again, we go to prayer and we think that we've got to be a certain way or think a certain way, stand a certain way. And yet God actually wants to be with us right where we're at as we are. There's nowhere in Scripture ever did Jesus like shy away from someone. No, he was always ready to go to you as you are. Think of Matthew at the customs post. No other place at the customs post, the very place where he executed his work of being a tax collector. God wants to be with you as you are, and it means that we have to have an openness and an honesty with ourselves as we are, acknowledging what we're thinking, feeling, desiring before him, whether that is something that is favorable or unfavorable, without prejudice as to its goodness or badness, and to be able to bring that in an attentive awareness. We have to notice. This is what St. Ignatius was able to do so well. Remember when we gave that story in the first day of the retreat, the first episode, in which he's noticing how he feels when he's thinking about whether it's the, the chivalrous knightly expeditions or whether it is the holy expeditions of the saints, that he was noticing things. This allowed him to then bring this content of his interior to dialogue with God, into relationship with him. So this is what we should do as well. It's going to take some work for us. It means that we've got to begin to notice a little bit more what it is that we're experiencing in our life and not to be afraid to be able to open that up. That's the first step of A-R-R-R is to acknowledge. The next part is to relate that which I'm acknowledging to myself. I now relate it to God. That is, I say it to him. I tell him. And you might be thinking, well, doesn't God already know? I mean, after all, he's omniscient. He knows everything. And yes, he does. And yet, there's a grace to be received, a, a dynamic of relationship between you and him that he wants to actualize in you by you bringing it to him. Thinking, Think about a parent looking at a child whose shoelace is untied, and the child is like struggling with it, and the parent fully sees what's going on, right? And the parent could say, just, just let me fix that for you. Or doesn't the parent take so much more just delight when the little child comes and says, Mommy, Daddy, will you help me tie my shoe? What a beautiful dynamic of relationship. And you see, that's God's, that's God's plan for us. That's God's love for us. It's not a matter of just fixing things. It's not a matter of, let me just kind of prevent problems. No. This is about us being in relationship with God about everything going on. And so, Tell God. He sees it. He sees it. But bring it before him with trust towards the Father. So to relate means to tell him about what it is that I'm experiencing. So if I am experiencing great joy as I'm praying over a particular scripture passage, and maybe it's yesterday's passage of the blind man, and I have prayed with the, the sense of what it is to get sight for the first time. 
and I see Jesus. I feel such a peace in doing that. I'm going to tell Jesus now about the peace that I'm experiencing. Or maybe I'm experiencing a temptation and I'm getting distracted in prayer. We're going to talk about that in a little bit too. And I'm getting distracted and uh, uh, I, I get uh, I'm being tempted and I feel like, up oh, that I shouldn't, this can't be of God. Well, speak to God about the, that distraction and relate it to him. Whether we're experiencing good movements towards the Lord, consoling types of thoughts, feelings, and desires, which are leading us towards him with greater faith, hope, and love, or whether we're experiencing things that are desolation, they're leading us away from God. The idea is to be able to tell him about those things. I acknowledge and I now relate them. Next part is to receive. And here's what we've been saying about receiving in prayer. I wish you could see me right now because uh, I, I'm going to explain how this is. I'm going to be using my hands a whole lot. So you can't see, I know through the podcast, but what I'm doing is I'm kind of like, kind of reaching towards my heart. And, and as I take out what I am acknowledging and I relate it to God, it's as though I'm kind of pulling it out and I'm, op- I'm holding it now out in front of me. Okay. I relate it to him. It gets it out of my interior to him and I place it before him. And now I look at my hands, my hands are open before him. This provides a place of receptivity, a place to receive the Lord. There's a theologian named uh, Jean Corbon, and he says, the greatest activity of man is to receive the love of God. Whoa. The, the greatest activity, you know, we always think we got to be busy, busy, busy. The greatest uh, activity is receiving the love of God. So as I relate these things to the Lord, it actually disposes me by the fact that I've done that. I've kind of like opened the door now to receive his love. So this takes faith. Faith accesses the free flow love of the gaze of the Father and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to be stirred into flame with me and I experience God's love as gift. A love that is merciful that comes to me even in my weakest points. So to receive. This will often take the, the uh, experience of silence. That can be hard in a noisy world. And yet, Silence is the thoroughfare of contemplation. It's the highway. A lot of times we're just, we've been staying on the frontage road or we've been going through stoplights. And we're like, why is my prayer life stagnant? Stop, go, stop, go. The Lord wants to be able to invite us onto the thoroughfare of contemplation, which is through silence. So, I might even be silent during that time of prayer, just trusting in his love for me. Given everything, I've just related to him. Acknowledge, relate, receive. All right, that now disposes me as a disciple to be able to respond to him. To be able to thank him for the grace of his love enlivened within my heart. To act justly, or with goodness, given the moment of 
prayer I just prayed maybe in temptation. I have the ability to choose love and to re-choose God in my life and to now trust in him. Remember that story on the Sea of Galilee when Jesus is in the boat? He's like sleeping. He's, well, he's sleeping. And, um, and the, some apostle goes to him and, and kind of shakes him and says, do you not care that we're perishing? And they're shaking him. And Jesus stands up and he says, quiet, be still. And the storm is still, the sea is still. And he says, do you not yet have faith? And then they prostrate themselves and they say, truly, this is the son of God. Who, who else can calm and command the sea? Well, this is our response as well. And so we acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. So the encouragement is, uh, as often as you can, think about this way of prayer. You know, we have to have in our prayer lives as, as uh, vivified disciples alive in a relationship, we have to have a daily time that we go to the well, but we also have to be able to drink from the canteen throughout the day. We have to be able to find the time to even uh, momentarily, from moment to moment, pray. I think this is what St. Paul means when he says, pray without ceasing. So there it is for today. Uh, we have learned a little bit more about receiving in prayer and uh, moving our prayer ever so more, a little bit more towards the gift of contemplation. So we're setting the stage of what we're going to be doing over the next almost 26 more days to go in the retreat so that we can receive more. And we've just learned a real powerful way of prayer that can go very long or it could go very short and it can be done in good times and it can be done in difficult times. The A-R-R-R, acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. Okay, here is your prayer assignment for today. Uh, go ahead and mark John chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. So this is the story of Jesus walking along the Jordan. John the Baptist sees him and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And it's then that they start to follow him with curiosity. And they, Jesus turns around and says, What are you looking for? What are you desiring? And they say, Where are you staying? Now, I just want to say a little bit about this word. Staying is huge in John's gospel. It means to remain, to stay, to abide. It's the same word when Jesus says, remain in me as the Father is in me and I remain in him. Remain in my love, the vine and the branches, all of this, the remain. It's the place of abiding union of Jesus and the Father that is the Holy Spirit. They're asking for the ultimate desire without even knowing it. Where are you staying? I remember as we began this episode uh, with Jesus going to that deserted place. And that's where we want to stay with him. All right, so here's what you're going to do with it. Go ahead and read that passage using the acts of presence that we spoke about. Not, uh, being in the Father's loving gaze and then to ask for the grace. Here's the grace for today. To be drawn by an attraction to Jesus and to experience 
a longing to abide with him. So I invite you to make that your own, pray with it, change the words if you need to, and you'll pray with that as you get started and then read the passage. Uh, Here's another good one where you kind of just use your imagination and just imagine you're one of those apostles and you're walking there and and you're seeing Jesus and you're, you're feeling the curiosity and you got all these desires in your heart and you meet him and allow it to transform your life as you do so. And then use A-R-R-R in this time of prayer to be able to speak to Jesus about what it is you are looking for. And when it's time to receive, just stay. Stay where he is staying. All right. Hope that you enjoyed episode four. And we'll uh, see you tomorrow for day five of the retreat. I'm going to be teaching more about praying with scripture. And we're going to learn a very ancient method called Lexio Divina. Let's go ahead and close today by praying the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.